Notice anything different? That's right. No ad. Which means this space is available. So if you have a company or brand or product or anything really that you'd love to promote on 30 Pop, this is your chance. Just shoot me an email at the link in the show notes and I'll give you all the relevant details. Now, on to 30 Pop. Talk to me. Aaron. Hey, man, it's Luke. Luke who? (laughs) Hey, man, did you know that 30 years ago, Donald Trump released a board game called Trump the Game? I did not know that. So it doesn't release until May of 89. But in March of 89, there's a casino owner in Las Vegas who challenged Trump to play one round, wagering a million-dollar bet. Yeah. Our president declined, and I love this, saying, it's always possible to lose, even for someone who's used to winning. Oh, gross. (laughs) And I just think that's so funny. And here's why. Because the tagline for the game was, it's not whether you win or lose, it's whether you win. Oh, that is so good. (laughs) (laughs) Terrific. It's the best game. I've got all the best games. Anyway, I just thought you'd get a kick out of that because that was 30 years ago this month. Oh, man, and we're still just living our lives with that guy. Indeed. All right, man. Hey, thanks for talking. We're going to start the episode now. All right. Can't wait. See ya. Bye. From Milieu Media Group, this is 30 Pop, a weekly peek back at the music, movies, sports, fashion, politics, and news from 30 years ago. I'm your host, Luke Bronner. This is Season 1, Episode 5, Deb, The Web, and Mom's Magazines. Today, we're looking back at the week that ended Saturday, March 18, 1989. Hello, friends, and welcome to Episode 5 of 30 Pop. Let me start by saying a huge thanks to all of you who've listened, rated, reviewed, and shared this show over the course of our first month. I've produced a lot of podcasts over the last several years, but I've genuinely never had as good a time as I'm having with this one. There's just something really fun about sitting down with people I love and looking back each week at what life looked like 30 years ago. And this week was no exception. 30 years ago this week, Hollywood gave us the return of one of actor Chevy Chase's best characters ever, the quick-witted LA Times reporting master of disguise, Irwin Maurice Fletcher. In the comedy sequel that deserves a threequel, Fletch Lives. I had no idea until doing some research for this episode that Fletch was actually a series of books before it became a film franchise. In fact, there are 11 Fletch novels, not counting spinoffs, and nine of them were already published by the time Fletch Lives released in theaters. But we'll talk more about Fletch next week. Another notable release this week in 1989, which I was neither old enough nor brave enough to watch, was the underwater horror film Leviathan. Notable for me only because it starred actor Ernie Hudson, who I loved from the Ghostbusters franchise. In music, Debbie Gibson still had both the number one album in the country with Electric Youth and the number one single with Lost in Your Eyes. She was joined in the top ten singles by the likes of Bobby Brown, Millie Vanilli, Guns N' Roses, The Bangles, Roxette, Rod Stewart, New Kids on the Block, and Mike and the Mechanics, to whom she'll lose the number one spot next week. I sat down this week to chat about Debbie once again with my brother Josh, my sister-in-law Kristen, and my most inexplicably Debbie-averse friend, Stephanie Kay. 
All right, with me again today for the second week in a row, our first three-time appearance on the show, Josh Bronner, my older brother. Josh, welcome back. Thanks for having me. And your wife is here with us, Kristen. Kristen, welcome to 30 Pop. Thank you for having me. And then sort of a return guest, Stephanie. So you were our first message on the answering machine this season. Proud to be it. Welcome to the show. Glad to have you. You always have wonderful stories, and I look forward to you being very funny today. Great. Okay, so the number one single on the Billboard charts, once again, Debbie Gibson's Lost in Your Eyes. So we spent some time last week really looking at the music video for this. Hopefully you went back and watched it because it is so bad. But Stephanie, you have some pretty strong opinions, right, about Debbie? Yeah. So let's get to the root of it. What was it about Debbie that you didn't love? So much. It was Uh, the hat. The hat. I mean, start with the hat. Who wears that hat? Everybody wears that hat now. I totally wore that hat. But then... Everyone is wearing it today. All the hipsters wear that hat today. She was doing it 30 years ago. That doesn't make her hip. But that's a hipster. That's the definition of a hipster is the person who's doing the thing first. Are hipsters wearing spandex with denim skirts now? Most likely. I'm bringing it back. I saw a post the other day on Instagram because she actually liked an Instagram post this past week about about the podcast. (laughs) Hey, I think it's cool. I mean, she still has a massive following, but where she was wearing the custom-made costume from her Electric Youth tour like last week. Like it still fits her. I'm totally Go jealous Debbie. of that. Yeah. <laughs> right. Be honest there. So the thing is, it's not Debbie personally. It's the idea of Debbie. Okay, get into that. So it wasn't so much her. It was the fact that I didn't want to listen to someone who looked like they got dressed out of the merry-go-round. Like I wanted to... What did that mean, dressed out of the merry-go-round? So it was a store in the 80s that it was very trendy, like all the like hip trendy clothes. And she just looked like she went in, picked out an outfit and walked out of the merry-go-round and then got up on stage at the mall after she bought her hat. See, and I <laughs> and got her it. haircut at Visible Changes. I totally loved it. I don't know what it. any of this stuff means that you're saying. I don't I, know anything about a Mario <laughs> store, Mario Round store, whatever that was, but I loved it because it went out of business. I think at the end of the Debbie Gibson. Gibson. Yeah, because of Debbie Gibson. <laughs> so it sounds like there may have been a little bit of envy going no, on. No, 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 no. She was about no. your age. She was yes. You were a sophomore, so uh, she was probably a year mm-hmm. or two older than she you. She was. I think she was 17. So no, it was not envy. It was just she was the people at school that I made fun of. (laughs) I was a little dark. I'm not going to lie. So I've seen pictures of you from those days. You were different. Alternative. I mean. You had really fun hair. Yeah. I was really fun. Yeah. Yeah. Debbie, I didn't think was so much fun. You did like Paula, though. We established that. Oh, I loved Paula. Yeah. I mean, who didn't? Yeah. Really. I did. Paula was hot. She was hot. So hot. (laughs) That's how Josh She had a cool dancing cat in her video. Are they hot? Are they not? That's Josh. I know where he gets that, too. Well, and she danced. (laughs) Debbie didn't dance. I mean, she danced. She just didn't dance well. Nobody really danced well. So I know. No, 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 no. No. Nobody who was blowing up this week. So, you know, last week we talked about, Josh, you and I talked about Millie Vanilli last week. Right. I went and watched a couple of their music videos because you made a comment in our conversation about how, you know, they were dancing, but they weren't singing. They could really dance, and they were good-looking guys, but they right. they were very, very bad dancers. I mean, their music videos make Debbie's look like an absolute work of art. I don't like you. <laughs> Have you watched them in the last... No. You're, you're talking I, about I would rather people just... wearing spandex. Like, they're legit wearing capri yoga pants. Don't ruin my <laughs> memories. <laughs> my problem was never Debbie Gibson. I just didn't listen to her. I listened to... 
Molly Crew, Def Leppard, Aerosmith, oh, and all them. Oh, so tough. Early hey, MTV. Toxic masculinity here. Come on. No, it has nothing to do with that. I just didn't listen to her. I mean, I didn't either. And I sort of said that. Like, I liked the idea of Debbie Gibson. I liked that she was a trend and, you know. But I personally was a Tiffany fan. So, yeah. <laughs> Nobody <laughs> can just, hear you rolling your eyes at me. <laughs> I just can't. I mean, it was... Okay, so for, are you saying that I am the type of person you would have made fun of in high school? Apparently, That's interesting. <laughs> I mean, so if we want, like, by comparison, who I would have been listening to as opposed to Debbie Gibson or Tiffany, I mean, they were what they were. If they were on the radio, I didn't like throw a fit, but I just rolled my eyes. But it was like Susie and the Banshees were my kind of the Indigo Girls, like. Those were mine. Yeah, so let's talk about your Indigo Girls no. thing. <laughs> you mentioned. So awkward. You mentioned. Well, it's interesting because you just talked about how hot Paula is. And but the other day you told me you had an Indigo Girls phase. I'm curious what you meant by that. I mean, I wondered if I could be gay. I mean, I liked them and they were great. And I'm not, but possibly I could have been. <laughs> I don't. I mean, I just really like them. This makes me so uncomfortable. <laughs> Honest, uh, I'm actually my palms are a little sweaty right now. <laughs> I'm actually going to see the Indigo Girls in like two weeks so with jealous. the Houston Symphony. It's going to be wonderful. Are you going? No. <laughs> my husband's probably glad now. <laughs> okay, so Stephanie, why don't you tell us a little bit about who you were in 1989? Okay, so 1989 was when things really started to go awry with me, <laughs> just in general. I figured out I could skip school really easily, yes. and. Which usually meant I just went to school and didn't come back after lunch because we had open campus, which is so stupid. But like they'd let us leave. Who comes back? I, I mean, never if you have a choice. That. Yeah. Never. And so like you could see my afternoon classes were where my grades were really poor. I pretty much just went to school to talk to people. I don't know. I mixed crowds, but I had this group of guys that were like my go-to friends. And then there were a few girls that hung out with us, but like our whole world was music and parties. And so like we would make a dance party anywhere. And so I kind of went to school to like exchange music with people and just, I was just not, not Debbie it. Gibson, just not Debbie Gibson. <laughs> like the only way I would have listened to Debbie Gibson. So we had music it was really cool because we were on Saturday nights. One of the Houston radio stations would broadcast live from one of the clubs. And it was all like my world was club music. If you could dance to it, that was my music. And they would do these mashups and like sample people like Debbie Gibson or that sort of thing. So it would make Debbie Gibson a little cooler, but you weren't listening to her without like this techno beat behind it. So, yeah, I mean, that was we just had access to this music that was just kind of, I don't know, to me, it was mind blowing. And that was kind of the year I discovered that music, hmm. which I think explains why I became a degenerate. But <laughs> <laughs> Oh, man. Well. So good to have you guys with us today. Thanks so much. I look forward to having all of you back on soon. Thanks, Thanks for having Luke. us. Thanks. I honestly don't really understand or share Stephanie's obsessive disdain for Debbie Gibson. If you do, or even better, if you disagree with her and want to weigh in on Debbie's behalf, I'd love to hear from you. Shoot me an email at 30poppodcast at gmail.com. And speaking of email, 
Did you know that 30 years ago this week, for all intents and purposes, the internet as we know it was born? Per Wikipedia, on March 13, 1989, Tim Berners-Lee produced the proposal document that became the blueprint for the World Wide Web. So I thought it'd be fun to sit down with my teenage niece, Davin, and nearly teenage nephew, Jake, to see how they'd imagine a world with no internet. Okay, so with me today are my sweet niece, Davin. Davin, welcome to the show. How are you? I'm good. Thanks for being on today. And my nephew, Jake. Jake, welcome to the show. I'm glad for you having me. So this week... 30 years ago, essentially was the invention of the internet. So there was a document that was produced 30 years ago this week that led to the internet being a thing. So you two, born in 2004 and 2006 respectively, have never lived a single day of your lives without the internet. So what I want to know from you is what you'd imagine it would be like with no internet. How do you invite your friends over? How do you invite your friends over? Texting them. Or texting their mom. You text your friend's moms? Yes, all the time. Is that weird? Yeah, a little weird. So like when I was a kid, we had to actually like use the telephone. In fact, you enjoyed using the telephone. It was fun to use the telephone. It was. Did you ever call people? I call people all the time. I'm always on the phone. But she's on FaceTime. Yeah, I'm on FaceTime. Using the internet. 24-7. 24-7. Always. FaceTime people for 12 hours straight. Because I always fall asleep on the phone and they don't hang out. So it just happens. Okay, so another question for you then. You know your dad pretty well. So, Jake, you are the age that your dad was 30 years ago. What do you know about your dad from 30 years ago? What I know of him is he was a ladies guy, so I feel like he wouldn't get as many girls as he says he had. Is this something that he's told you, that he was a ladies man? Yes, he ha- okay. he said he has all the man musk and the ladies love it. But... The man musk? The That's man how he musk. says he got Kristen, was he blew his man musk on her. Oh, my God. I think that's a little creepy, but... I will say, your dad was a ladies' man. He's not lying. There were lots of girls that wanted to be with him. But it's funny to look back at who he was. So when he was your age, he for sure had a mullet. Have you seen pictures of the mullet? Had a mullet. Didn't he have a flat top too, though? Flat top came a little later. Flat top was in high school, but for sure at your age. He had a nice, nice long mullet. You had a flat top too, though. Everybody had a flat top. That's disgusting. For cowboys, they're pretty attractive. Oh, gosh. Business in the front. Party in the back, baby. Is that what they say? That's what they say. I can't believe you just said it. But okay. Thank you all so much for being on 30 Pop. Hopefully we'll have you again soon. You're welcome. Thank you. you again. I love those two. It was really fun to have them on, at least right up until the moment they used the phrase man musk. If I never hear those words again, it'll be just fine by me. While my brother and his mullet were busy attracting all the young ladies in 1989, I'm confident that whatever I was doing, I was doing in an attempt to be like my very best friend since birth, Nathan Schartz. Over the last couple years, Nathan has become one of my very, very favorite podcast guests. So it was a joy to finally get to sit down with him this week to reminisce on who he was and what he was doing 30 years ago. Nathan Schartz, welcome to 30 Pop. So happy to be here, Luke. Thank you. Let's talk real quickly about what the world looked like for you in 1989. What were you wearing? I wanted to be everything that my next door neighbor, Anthony, was. Okay. So I was decked out in the hottest gear 
Chicago Bulls were pretty hot. Michael yeah. Jordan and yeah. those guys. Every memory I have of you when we were kids, you're in a Jordan jersey. Always. So how were you spending your time? What were your hobbies in 1989? At eight and nine and 10, you're discovering your things. I had a stash of my mom's magazines. Women's Health, Red Book, Mademoiselle. <laughs> Red Book. <laughs> those were instrumental in kind of forming my... Uh, Fetish is a strong word. <laughs> you know, my views on what I thought was attractive. Sexuality. Yeah. Yeah. That. I would dig through her magazines and there were things, you know, a bathing suit was hot stuff. A, you know, a two-piece to a nine-year-old that may as well have been quintuple X-rated. <laughs> this is great because the question was, what were you doing? How were you spending your time? So clearly you were digging through your mom's magazines. Yeah. We'll, we'll keep it not behind closed doors. That was a little private, but... In the summertime, it was all sports all the time. Okay. You're playing sports year-round. My dad had me in baseball four seasons of the year. Yeah. Basketball was the same thing. That's so true. I was you playing were... a ton of Nintendo. Mike Tyson's Punch-Out was hot. You had Jaws. I remember coming to your Jaws house and playing good. the Jaws video game. Great yeah. game. Duck Hunt, yeah. classic game. Kids nowadays just live on a video game, but we put in our time too. Yeah, you know, we we did. True. I remember my cousin Landon. We played a game called Bases Loaded on Nintendo. Oh, it was great. Oh, it was the best, and it didn't keep stats, so we would have to pause the game and write down had we got a hit or a strikeout or what. We kept our own stats, like eighty-year-old men. Yeah, <laughs> on a Nintendo game. Okay, next question: Your prize possession in nineteen eighty-nine. I got to go with my Jesse Jackson for president t-shirt. <laughs> I copped that from a next door neighbor and I, I rocked it for Was it probably, Anthony? Yeah. You stole yeah. it from Anthony? Yes. 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 So Anthony, I if you're listening. Gave, I thought it gave me credibility. Street cred. I just remember people looking at me funny. Because here's an eight-year-old white boy, you know, rocking a Jesse Jackson 88 for president. I'm for that. I was, you know, at the time I was too. Yeah. Okay. So a stolen t-shirt was your prized possession. What was your go-to VHS rental in 1989? At that time in 89, there was a movie called Michael Jordan, Come Fly With Me. Mm. And, I man, would have I never had, remembered that, but oh, I totally do. It was my favorite movie of it's all incredible. time. I mean, as a, as Not really age. a movie, but yeah. More of a highlight reel. <laughs> yeah, like a music <laughs> but video. they would of. play it in slow motion where it felt so epic. Yeah. And I think that movie was probably tops of my list at nine years old. Yeah. Okay, what, so... We used to make our own VH. We had a camcorder. <laughs> this is, you had a camcorder in 89? Yeah. Well, you oh, were I had a camcorder in You were the richest kid I knew. Dude, we were balling out. My dad sold like little binders and notepad protector. But yeah, the camcorder itself weighed probably 30 pounds, had a big fat yeah. microphone. I recorded all of my basketball and football games, yeah. which I, don't, I think we just ended up recording over them because you're never going to watch them again. But the fact that you showed up to a baseball field with this you know, four-foot package, it looked like a shotgun. <laughs> you were balling out at that point. It's true. And your family was definitely balling out. All right, Nathan, thanks so much for being on 30 Pop. We'll have you back again soon. Thank you, Luke. I'm being completely sincere when I say that that guy has always been and remains one of my very favorite people on this planet. Huge thanks to him for being on the show, as well as Josh, Kristen, Davin, and J.W. Bronner, Stephanie Kay, and my old pal Aaron Hale. I'll be back next week with episode six, but in the meantime, be sure to follow 30 Pop on Facebook and Twitter at 30 Pop and on Instagram at 30 Pop Podcast. 
I'm gearing up to do some really fun giveaways, and the only way to find out about them is to follow there. Thanks again so much for listening and sharing the show over the course of this first month. As of this recording, we've had 70 five-star ratings and 15 killer reviews on Apple Podcasts. Add your own five-star review for a chance to win some sweet retro swag. Thanks, friends, and remember, it's not whether you win or lose, it's whether you win. 30 Pop is produced, edited, and mixed by me, Luke Bronner. Our artwork is by the amazing Heather Hale. To check out more shows from Mill U Media Group, visit millumedia.com, which is linked in the show notes for this episode. And if you have a story from 1989 that you want to share on the air, email 30poppodcast at gmail.com. <laughs>